Alex Mosin, and welcome to Winner Take All, where we talk about the constant battle to fight back and win against big tech monopolies. We're winning, but, but cheating, and we're taking shortcuts, which actually I think will hurt us um, more than it helps us, particularly when we look at going up against Russian and Chinese uh, either tech platforms from those countries or their content or, or media companies uh, from those countries, particularly Russia. We're going to talk about um, how the EU has banned, you know, Russian media like this RT magazine newspaper. We're going to talk about what's happening with uh, Chinese tech platforms that are listed on U.S. exchanges. Um, we're going to talk about the Fed's recent hike uh, increase, uh, rate increase, and what that means and what they're projecting. And we had uh, Chris Leonard on the show, wrote a great book called The Lords of Easy Money, touching on this exact topic about the Fed uh, and how much, how much he thinks interest rates can actually rise uh, before even worse damage is created than what we see with hyperinflation going on right now. So the EU has banned Kremlin-backed, basically Russian-backed uh, media from being able to disseminate their content in Europe. Funny, they, they won't ban the gas from Russia, though. Uh, but, uh, but they'll ban the content, um, and they are doing it through large tech content platforms, right? Ring a bell? More content censorship. We've been talking about for years on this show how we need less content censorship, not more content censorship. And actually, the irony in all of this is where we are pro a decoupling between the West and communist dictatorship countries like Russia and China. We're pro that. Talked about it for years. But the reason why we are pro that is because we're pro Western values, freedom, free speech, you know, the things that, you know, have, have made America so strong for so many hundreds of years now. But when you see actions like this, these actions actually are right in the face of all of those Western values, right? This is more censorship. This is a stifling of free speech. Whether the information is fake news or propaganda, I think we all have come to realize that all media is propaganda of some sort these days, right? Like everyone's figured that out by now. Now the European government is doing, and the U.S. government has started to do this too. Right? It's not just the EU here. Just in this one instance, the EU has made it very explicit what they, what they want to happen. The Russian government and the Chinese government use their own tech platforms to do what? To censor and regulate what content you can read and consume in Russia and China. And now what is the EU doing? The same exact thing. So you look at these actions and you say, you know what? The EU is actually operating like the communist countries that we talk about on this show do not exhibit the right values. And therefore we need to, you know, actively stop working and doing business and collaborating with communist dictators. But how different are the actions of the EU in this spat to stifle information, whether or not you agree or disagree with the content? So fortunately, no surprise, Elon, our hero, tweeted, Starlink has been told by some governments, not Ukraine, ironically enough, right, to block Russian news sources. 
We will not do so unless at gunpoint. Sorry to be a free speech absolutist. You know, I, Elon just reminds me of Francisco Danzonia. Uh, if you any any Atlas Shrugged fans out there, Atlas is on the shelf, of course. Elon's like this uh, enterprising billionaire, kind of has like that party boy type of brand around him. It's great to watch how he conducts himself. And, um, you know, it's uh, he continues to not disappoint when it comes to you know, standing up for what he believes is right and ultimately, you know, what his value system is and and how he's living by that. So very unfortunate to see with this whole Ukraine-Russia conflict, Western governments actually employing tactics that we criticize the communist governments for having done. Not a good look, frankly. There's a big difference between doing business in and with these countries that are run by communist dictatorships, Russia and China, and allowing free speech, right? There's a big difference. You can disagree with the people. You can disagree with the information. You can disagree with, you know, people's ethics and and political decisions. But again, this content censorship theme, and then the idea of, okay, I'm going to go start a business in Russia, or I'm going to go do business deals with Russians, those are two very different spectrums. Um, seizing uh, Russian citizens' yachts, right, in Germany and this kind of stuff. Again, this is the stuff that the communists do. Right? This, is, this is what countries with no laws uh, and, and, and just basically have dictatorships. That's what they do, Okay. And this precedent is so dangerous to set. We've already seen the precedent set now with content censorship, and it's only gotten worse, not better, right? You can't put the genie back in the bottle. Now they're just like outright seizing the assets of any Russian mogul just because, you know, it maps back to Putin. Yeah, that's, that's like the easy thing to do. But again, you've now set the precedent. And how else is that precedent going to be applied? Right. What happens if that precedent is now applied to people that are German citizens or European citizens, but, you know, uh, are taking a political stance that Germany, the, the people in power in Germany don't like. Right. I mean, you can't tell me that that's a conspiracy theory based upon what we've seen these past few years. Right. It's a horrible precedent to set. Not really sure what it's actually accomplishing other than you know, frankly, just eroding the Western value system, which is supposed to be markedly different from the communist value system. But they unfortunately seem to be getting closer and closer together uh, rather than farther apart. Not the right direction. A lot of things happening with Chinese stocks. They're down. Some of them are up. Basically, they're completely at the behest and the will of not only the Chinese government, but the U.S. government. Let's find out. Stocks that are down, you got Didi, uh, you know, like the ride-sharing conglomerate in China, down, way down. In the past five days, down 30%. That's after today, it's up 40%, right? So it's still down, but it's up 40% today. Past five days, down roughly 30%, right? So what is going on here? Basically, you have a similar thread um, across Didi, Alibaba, and some others that we're going to talk about. So for Didi, in the past few days, the Cyberspace Administration of China told the Didi executives that 
their data policies to prevent uh, data breaches and data leaks does not comply with that agency's expectations. And as a result of that, Didi suspended its plan to do a Hong Kong listing. Uh, right now, Didi is listed on U.S. exchanges through ADRs, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Um, and those ADRs are, are what have really sunk. And it's through ADRs on the New York Stock Exchange. But now Didi's been trying to move to the Hong Kong uh, exchange. And then that is put on pause. That was five days ago, that news. Alibaba and other stocks also sank because of U.S. news, because the U.S. also about five days ago issued letters. First time this stuff has happened almost in forever, certainly in like many years. We've talked about this multiple times on the show that these ADRs, which are which are American depository receipts. So basically, it's a way for you to buy and sell shares of you know, for example, Chinese or just foreign companies that aren't formally listed on the U.S. exchanges. So they have lighter reporting requirements. Um, and even, even those lighter reporting requirements have not been complied with. And, and that is just the madness of what's been going on with these Chinese stocks for decades, is that we have not held them to the same expectation of other stocks. Certainly, U.S. companies listing on U.S. exchanges, let alone uh, foreign companies, let's say in Europe, that are listing on U.S. exchanges, whether directly or through an ADR. We hold those companies to much higher standards. Well, they're all supposed to be held to the same standard, but the difference is that we aren't enforcing that standard to the same degree that we are, let's say, for European companies having their shares on U.S. exchanges as compared to these Chinese companies, right? So, for example having audited financials, allowing a, 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 a U.S. or a Western auditing, you know, big accounting firm to go and audit the books of these Chinese companies. You think China is going to let that happen? Absolutely not. So what, are the, what, are, what, are the, what have the U.S. stock exchanges done? Just kind of turned a blind eye and still allowed these shares to be traded, which has hurt a lot of U.S. investors who have ultimately been defrauded. Yes, actual fraud. Recent news is that finally the SEC has issued letters. They've identified five U.S. listed ADRs. So they have lighter reporting requirements than if you were directly listing. But still, even the lighter requirements, it looks like these five companies are failing to adhere to the requirements. These are the first Chinese ADRs to be identified as failing to adhere to this act, Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act, pretty good name, if only it was actually enforced. All the Chinese ADRs will likely be, uh, likely end up on the list because none of them will be able to comply with requests to have their audits reviewed because Chinese law prohibits the auditor to provide their review to U.S. regulatory authorities. So they all need to, what? Go away. Can't have a double standard. It's just not fair. It's not fair to other foreign companies that comply. It's not fair to certainly U.S. companies that have even stricter standards. It's not fair to U.S. investors that expect a certain level of honesty, transparency, auditing. Um, you know, just like standard. I'm just like... You can't fraud, you know, deliberately commit fraud. You know, there's actually no protections against that. And the Chinese law won't allow that to happen. 
even if these companies, I guess, wanted to do it. So they all need to be taken down. So that was the news there. Basically, in a nutshell, the SEC says you need to give us this information like audited financials. The Chinese government has a law that says if you're a Chinese company, you can't give your your financials to a U.S. government agency. So they literally have never been able to comply with our U.S. laws because of the Chinese laws. But we've never done anything about it until right now. As a result of that news, um, other Chinese stocks that, that are listed through an ADR, like Alibaba, sank on the news. Makes sense, right? And it's the right thing to happen. There should be a common standard of compliance, whether you're from China or not. And if you can't comply, great. You don't get access to U.S. money. This is a great example of what, when I talk about the great decoupling, right? Hey, Chinese companies, if you want to play by our rules and take U.S. investor dollars, then you need to play by the same rules that everyone else plays by. But no, we have always now given these Chinese companies, you know, we've turned, cast a blind eye because we wanted to be accepting and help China come into the 21st century economy. And oh, you know, we, it's like a, a pity case, right? Well, no, they're the second largest economy in the world. They don't need any pity. They shouldn't be getting any special treatment. If anything, they should be getting extra scrutiny rather than less. So finally, some sense is coming to the SEC, just a little bit. Okay, there's a lot more to go. Um, and so Alibaba stock is down. Now, surprise, surprise, stocks are up. DD is up. Baba's up. Why? Optimism has swept investors after China's top administrative authority said it would work to stabilize Chinese stock markets and boost economic growth in the first quarter with, quote, concrete actions. The news out of China also included positive developments on the regulatory front, a welcome sign for the country's embattled tech sector. Basically, now the Chinese government is saying, hey, we want to support our stocks. We want to support these tech companies that we've been beating up for now, like a couple of years. And so, boom, stocks are now up some 20, 30, 40% in one day today, actually, on that news. So, you know, maybe now, a few days later, this is like just this crazy uh, whipsaw back and forth. You know, now maybe... Uh, DD will magically be approved by the cyber space, whatever administration in China. Maybe now magically their security protocols will comply. This is what happens when you are at the whim of a totalitarian, authoritarian dictatorship government like the CCP. When you're in their good graces, that's a good thing. When you're out of their good graces, that's a very bad thing. And the, the path to go from Bad to good or good to bad doesn't necessarily depend on laws <laughs> and policy, but rather on a bunch of other factors that I would never expect to be able to explain to you. But I can tell you it's not above the level. Um, so anyway, now China's now bullish again on their stocks and these stocks are back up. Will that continue or will this change in a few days? Who knows? Um, but I can tell you, I'm not putting my money into that. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Fed had their first FOMC meeting of the year, have announced a 25 basis point rate hike, as well as potentially six more this year. They're basically telling all of us that they are ready to crash the economy. 
Long story short, the Fed just raised interest rates by 25 basis points. They said they are going to meet six more times this year and could very well expect to raise it in each of those meetings, which could mean we could be close to 2% interest, you know, maybe 1.75 if they actually follow through. Previously, leading up to this meeting, Jerome Powell, Fed chairman, had indicated that they could see 75 basis points of increase this year. So that'd be kind of one in every other meeting, roughly. So three rate hikes uh, instead of now potentially seven, which they're signaling here. What we talked about with Chris is, you know, in in 08, when interest rates got to like 4%, I think in maybe 05, 06, then a couple of years later is when you started to see everything come off the rails. Huge crash, 08. We've seen that whole story play out. And so I said, hey, is it, is it, what's the threshold this time around? When you raise interest rates so much, you know, the Fed's been pushing all this risky debt out. All right, it's been printing so much money. And it's been actively preventing investors from being able to stash their money in safe, risk-averse bonds, right? They've, they've been buying like not just short-term treasuries, but long-term treasuries. They've been doing so many things to force investors to put money out into riskier deals. And so basically, long story short, when you start to raise interest rates, a lot of those riskier deals that looked good at 0% interest, maybe 1% interest, Fed funds rate I'm talking about, start to look very different when you get into two, a lot different at three, and like extremely different at 4% interest. And so I was, I was saying to Chris, hey, Chris, you know, what do you think? Is it like 4% things come off the rails? 3% things come off the rails? He goes, uh, no, I, I think it's more like 2%, two, maybe 2.5% where really bad things happen. Why is it less to 2.5% in his opinion than 4%, right? Which is what it was in 08. Reason is that we have printed so much more money this time around, right? We have, we have made the economy so much more fragile. Because there's so much cheap debt out there so that it becomes much more sensitive to these interest rate hikes. Because you've, right, you've, you've levered everything up so aggressively. And so every one of these rate hikes has reverberations. Now, these reverberations play out not immediately, but over the course of months, quarters, some, you know, one or two years leading up to 08. You kind of start to see the Richter scales. And I know the Fed saw things were coming off the rails prior to 08. They just didn't know, I think, how bad it was going to get. But I know they told people who made a lot of money with that information, you know, hey, things aren't looking so hot. Um, and then those people then sold <laughs> um, their assets and were cash rich with the crash and then bought up a lot of those same assets at, you know, cents on the dollar. I know this happened. I know personally multiple people that had this insider information. Fortunately, I didn't and I didn't have the wherewithal. Even if I did have the information, I didn't have the ability to make literally billions of dollars off of that information. Still in school at that time. Um, but yes, that definitely happened. The Fed knew people got rich. 
wildly rich. The tolerance, and I would agree with Chris, is absolutely much lower, right? 4% much lower given how fragile, given how much debt has been pumped out um, and easy money into the economy. So what that basically means is if the Fed, now I don't think they will go through with six more rate hikes. Because if they do, I think really bad things happen. And I think they know that too. I think there's some posturing going on here. And the market's reacting positively to this, by the way. Dow's up on the news, right? Normally, you kind of say it should go down if interest rates go up. Um, but I think the Dow likes the confidence that the Fed is showing in the economy. We'll see if that holds going into tomorrow or for the rest of the week here. But um, initial indications are actually good. Fed kind of signaling strength right? Good job, Fed. But ultimately, if they follow through on this, really bad things are going to happen. Mark my word, you can't raise it that fast. You need to give investors time to absorb these rate increases and then, you know, slowly de-risk their portfolio. They're in these deals. You know, you're making long multi-year deals with these debt contracts or you're buying companies fueled by basically super cheap debt. And so, you know, you need time to adjust. And so if, if you leg legitimately are raising things by even a full percent or even one and a half percent, oh, it's, it's not going to be good. Now, doesn't mean that they raise all this money, one, one and a half percent in the year of 2022, and then you have a crash in 23. Maybe, I don't know. But usually I'd say there's a lag. You know, give yourself at least a year lag. So we're talking maybe 2024. I think this is way too aggressive. I don't think they'll go through with it. And I think they know it's too aggressive. But I, I do think it's actually strong positioning, even though I think it's a lot of posturing. But it is strong positioning to kind of say, hey, yeah, the economy is strong, even though it's propped up <laughs> by just insane fumes. They waited too long, which was clear, right? Last year, they were telling us that an inflation was transitory. We knew it wasn't. We talked about that for like literally all of last year. And so they didn't raise interest rates at all last year. This is their first rate hike in years when they should have raised rates, you know, um, certainly a few meetings ago, like second half of last year, they didn't. Now it kind of seems like they are trying to make up for that. Um, and they've seen it spiral, the inflation spiral, all these things get worse and worse and worse, where if they had taken action a little sooner, then I think just that that signal to the market could have helped cool some of these hyperinflationary pressures. So I don't know, it just seems like they're a little sluggish to act. And now if they actually go through with this action, I think they'll be way too strong with their action. Like the tact is kind of missing, right? If they're posturing then, and they only do, let's say a few rate hikes, then, then I agree with that. But if they really are not bluffing and they really plan to raise interest rates like at least three or four more times this year, I think they're crazy. So... We'll see, and uh, we'll be sure to follow it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll be talking to you soon.